This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Get free shipping at www.comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. This episode of Disability After Dark is brought to you in part by La Petite Moor. La Petite Moor is a Hamilton, Ontario, Canada-based sex toy company operated by Haroon Sperling. A 1NB operation, they are committed to body safety, body positivity, and a gender-neutral approach to their toys. Head to petitemore.ca to check them out and be sure to use coupon code AFTERDARK for free shipping at checkout. Petitemore.ca, adult, queer, safe. Cripple Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Content Warning The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for clicking on a brand new episode of Disability After Dark. This one is episode 68.1, and I'm going to jump right in because there's a lot to unpack in this episode. This was one that I recorded over the holidays that I didn't want to wait to share with you because it features a friend of mine and fellow podcaster, Dick Wound, from Off the Cuffs podcast. They do a kink and BDSM podcast. And I was recently featured on their show this past week, and we wanted to do a show in tandem together and kind of link up our shows together and cross-promote and share each other's stuff. So I decided not to wait and to give you two episodes on podcast release day rather than one. Let me tell you all about the show right now, and then we'll get to the interview. In this episode, I talk with Dick about his uh, having a heart attack at a very young age, having a heart attack at 30, and what that meant for him and how this has changed his view on health, sex, and disability and what all that means for him. Uh, And he talks about how kink and BDSM kind of helped him get through all of that and how his disability and his, I don't even want to call it disability, how his event, you'll hear me say in the interview I call it, a number of different things, how his heart attack affected his ability to um, have sex and what that means for him and how it opened him up to different avenues for sex. And it really was a really interesting interview, one that I am so excited to share with you. So without further ado, here's my interview with fellow podcaster Dick Wound from Off the Cuffs podcast right here on Disability After Dark. Dick Wound, thank you so much for coming on Disability After Dark. How are you today? Uh, good. Hello. Thank you for uh, having me. <laughs> it's weird that we're, well, not weird, but it's interesting that we're talking because we're both podcast hosts. And so it's always, it's always interesting to, to interview a host. <laughs> I'm always waiting for the host to be like, let me host. And then, and then 
whenever I guest on other people's shows, I'm always like, oh, shouldn't I lead him into this question now? And so it's nice to like, it's nice to talk to another host who understands all that. Right. And I will, I will do my best to not try to take over your oh, show. No, go no, ahead. Just... I, I, I would love it if you would, because then I don't have to do any work. So it's great. <laughs> Well, I won't because just because uh, uh, you're going to be on uh, my show next week. <laughs> so I'd, I'd rather, uh, you know, not have the same interview twice. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're recording that tomorrow, right? Wow. Wow. Uh, uh, Thursday. Thursday. Was it? <laughs> the, audience, Thur- the audience doesn't need to know this part. But yeah. Anyway, let's <laughs> let's move on to. So I gave the audience a little bit about who you are and off the cuff. And I talked about the awesomeness of the show a little bit, but why don't you reintroduce yourself and tell everybody who you are? Oh, okay. Well, where to start? <laughs> uh, as a, as a podcaster, I guess I, I started about uh, two years ago. I had decided that I wanted to document my journey into the public kink community uh, because I've been a private uh, like player, I guess for about, uh, 20 years or so. And I never really wanted to get involved in any kind of, uh, community because all I knew about it was kind of what I had seen in movies. And I thought it looked kind of cheesy and just like, I don't know, like a dance club with people in leather. And it just wasn't really my, my scene. Uh, I, I'm a little, not so into stuff like that. I'm, I'm a little more into some darker, I guess, fetishes and fantasies and, I know. Um, I've heard your podcast. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know what you're putting uh, down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh I I guess like as as far as like my my podcasting origins go, I it really started just me being like, hey, I wanna kind of document my journey through this new, I guess, lifestyle or whatever. And uh and it just I guess it just became kind of something else from there. Like uh, just from the people that started listening and writing in and, and, and being like, you know, they would, they would say things like, um, you know, hearing that there was someone like you out there, like made me realize that my stuff wasn't like, we we're we may all be weirdos, but we're not like alone, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, that was, that kind of, it just, it just kind of spiraled from there and became this, this, this whole other thing. I um, just just before we go too further into the rest of the stuff I want to talk to you about, I gotta say your I because I, I look at the charts all the time and your podcast is right up there. Like every time I look, <laughs> off the cuff is like right within the top twenty or thirty every single time, which is pretty amazing. Uh it's up there. It's not always up there, but it's up there often. <laughs> Cuz I'm also uh, big on my own, like my own numbers. I sit and I look at my numbers all the time to make sure that I'm hitting the marks and to know that that a kink podcast is like up there, up there is Yeah. I mean within the top 20 and 30 every week, which which the last time I checked, like and I look every other day and so to see it up there is is really impressive and i'm i from one podcaster to another that's 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 awesome <laughs> oh thank you thank you yeah uh i i think i think because we don't we're not it's weird we're like we're sort of an educational podcast but i think that we're also more like about kind of giving people a voice and expressing their own personal like journey and their own relate their own personal relationship to kink um that it's it's a little bit more like uh, maybe welcoming, I think, especially to people who are 
maybe on the fence about whether or not they want to get involved in something like this. Like they have the interest, but they're not sure where to begin. Uh, and it's, it's weird because I feel like our show, a lot of the things we talk about are really heavy as it's like, not really like beginner BDSM stuff. I mean, not to say that like beginner stuff or like, you know, to minimize anyone's anything, but like, you know, I mean, we talk about like death fetish a lot and we talk about, uh, you know, a lot of pretty hard topics, but I, it's a heavy I think show. it's a heavy show with a, with a light. <laughs> it's a heavy show with the light. Like the, the delivery is, and again, audience, we're just, we're basically just talking to each other because we love each other's stuff. That's why you're hearing this right now. But uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a heavy show with a light delivery. And I think that's why it's so, why it's so good. Um, but I want to move back on to track of what I what we what we we're what we're here to talk about. We can we can uh, stroke each other off another time. <laughs> um, yeah. What I loved about when you when we were talking about having you on the show, that when you fill up fill up the form and we were talking kind of over Twitter, you said, you know, I want to talk about my kind of experience with sort of disability. Can you elaborate on that? Well, sure. And, and, and I think that was one of the things that when we, yeah, when we started talking, I was kind of, I don't, I don't want to say apprehensive about like applying, but it was, uh, I think maybe like explaining how I even, uh, started listening to you might help with this too. Cause so when I heard your show and I don't even remember how I heard it, I just remember like out of nowhere you were there and I was like, Oh, this show is fucking great. And like super necessary. Uh, because a lot of the stuff that I deal with and I don't consider myself disabled, um, personally, but I have a lot of health issues because I had a heart attack when I was 30. Um, and I didn't know that I was having a heart attack because I didn't, um, present with any classic symptoms. Uh, I was only sweating and nauseous and I was on a camping trip in the, in the, uh, like the dead heat of summer. So I thought I just had heat stroke. Yeah. Heat stroke Um, or like, like you were having food poisoning or like. Dehydration yeah. Or something. yeah. And so I didn't get treated for almost 13 hours. Wow. And yeah. And, and, and so after about six hours, um, your heart muscles like starts to die when, when it's not getting, you know, when you're having a heart attack. <laughs> and <laughs> so, you know, I, and, and, and another thing too, that a lot of people don't know is that um, when you're young and have a heart attack, it, there's actually a higher fatality rate most young people when they have heart attacks don't live um, I didn't uh, because know that. I guess they're, yeah, I, I don't know the exact science on it, but I, I think it has something to do with that. Like almost like your heart's not really ready for you to have a heart attack at that yeah, point. Your, in your, body's life. Like, your body's like, what the fuck is this? I wasn't ready for this. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm sure some doctor listening is probably cringing and being like, no, that's not the reason, but you know, fuck you. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it, it you know it, it kind of turned out that i just i i just was kind of this i was really lucky and, and i just i didn't die i was minutes away from probably like irreversible uh you know damage as far as that goes uh you know death i love how nonchalantly uh, you were like i was just minutes away from you know death <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I mean, I've had some time to like cope with it, like, uh, and, 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 you know, and whatnot. I mean, I was, I was pretty depressed about it for a couple of years. I, uh, I was in and out of the hospital for two years after the initial heart attack because I had, 
uh, a lot of recurring symptoms. I, I was getting pericarditis uh, over and over again, which is like the swelling of the sac around your heart, and it kind of it crushes it. It's it's like really painful. That's uh, and I have been fun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, listen, I'm a masochist, and I didn't even really enjoy this type of pain. <laughs> <laughs> and I just last like like two nights ago, I just had someone shoving uh, metal spikes into my uh, in between my toes and into my feet until I was uh, screaming and punching the floor uh, in agony, and and I still w- was having a good time. In so... agony, <laughs> you flash, you were turned on. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, definitely not the kind of pain that, 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 that kind of gets you off. It's more of a, uh, Oh my God, I'm going to die pain. That kind of, pain. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I guess we could kind of get into that a little bit too, because I do enjoy thinking about that, but wow, there's that's... so many things I want to do. There's uh, so many avenues in the first nine minutes of this conversation. That like, Where do I go? <laughs> um, all right. Well, let me let me just like, like let me finish the basics. So so that that happened to me, and you know, it it affects your your sex life because like you're you know I don't have the same like endurance that I used to have, and like I get um you know I mean like I get at a a, a a portion of my heart is dead. It doesn't work. So like I get tired easier and and things like that. It just like it it has an effect, and and you know sex is a really strenuous uh activity so especially if you're you know kind of into like not necessarily if you're into bdsm but it if like there's certain elements of it where you're going to be having much more violent sex or strenuous sex than just kind of like regular old like you know uh white white picket fence make it yeah 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 uh, so you know that that was kind of frustrating i mean i didn't have sex or like masturbate even for like almost at all for the for the two years after my heart attack. Uh, wow. That was that just out of like a fear of like now I have well, this debilitating thing. What's gonna happen? Yeah, I mean, like I couldn't. There was points when I, I I couldn't even really walk up a flight of stairs without feeling like I was gonna pass out. So like, um, if I thought about like jerking off, it was like. I I was like, was my heart gonna get too fast? Is it gonna? You know, I had all these worries. Fun? We're gonna have a rhythm <laughs> when I'm trying to like come. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and I'm I I've had some shit like that happen. Like, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I have now uh, a year after the initial heart attack, I got fitted with a, a pacemaker and a defibrillator, an internal defibrillator, because uh, I'm prone to both A and V fib, which is also super rare. I usually have one or the other, and I have have both. All these uh, things I don't. I, my Grey's Anatomy, yeah. my Grey's Anatomy medical understanding just was like, what? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I have the the defibrillator is is for if I go into ventricular fibrillation. Uh, uh, that's what it's in for. But I actually uh, was having sex one night and went into AFib, and because my heart rate was so high because I was having sex, it tripped my defibrillator and it fired while I was fucking. Uh, and I, it, that was interesting. <laughs> well, what does that feel like when, when like you're fucking somebody and, and the machine decides to, <laughs> all right, we're turning on to restart your heart. Um, it feels weird. Uh, it, it, it sends like a, I thought I stepped on like a, a wire or something. I thought I got electrocuted some other way because I, I didn't know what happened. And I, and I, it, like, I saw like, you see it, like you see this like flash of white 
like like your eyes go like bam like and and i and i just i i kind of got thrown uh thrown back a little bit and uh i just i i didn't know what what it took me a few seconds like i was really disoriented and then i realized what had happened and uh i mean it was kind of awesome but like i kind of i mean like uh, if I could do it again in a controlled way, <laughs> I think I'd be into it. <laughs> but it was definitely alarming. <laughs> so if you you wanted to be in that that movie, the what is it called, the Finders, or that movie where they like they like kill themselves and then and they they like come oh back. Flatliners, Flatliners, yeah, that's yeah. right, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I haven't seen that in years. That was uh, was that Kiefer Sutherland, right? Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon from back in the day. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right, that's right. Um, so, so tell me more about how all of this kind of affected your sense. Like we, we went off on like five tangents. I don't remember where the initial <laughs> question was, but tell me how, like you were talking about how you came to this show and, or my show and how that's going to, how that was going to bring you into like the heart attack and how, how that helped you shape your understanding of disability and sexuality a little bit. And can you kind of made put that in a nice bow. Yeah, well I think I think the thing with that was that I I guess in that 2 years where I was depressed and and going through all that stuff, I I ended up um kind of dipping back into a a fantasy that I had had from when I was a child that I had kind of I don't want to say forgotten about, but I think just because of like my whole sex drive had been kind of dead at that point i i didn't really i wasn't really thinking about things too clearly or putting things into perspective and uh one of the earliest like some of my earliest actual fantasies uh were from watching the 1960s batman tv show and it was like you have a when for adam west <laughs> it was really the it was really le- it was less about the people and more about um the death traps that they would find themselves in at the end of episodes it was like really over the top, like, uh, you know, campy, like, uh, you know, g- just all those weird death traps. And then the, the episodes would kind of end and they'd it would be like a cliffhanger and the, they'd be like, you know, find out what happens next week. Same bat time, same bat channel and all that. And like those that moment, like the same bat time, same bat channel moment where you were like on the edge of your seat, like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? Like and you're like afraid that they're going to die. Like that's when I found myself most aroused. Um, was that like kind of fear of, of, of death and that kind of unknown, you know, what's going to happen next type of, uh, scenario. And so I, I kind of remembered that in the middle of this whole, like, you know, me being depressed about, um, about, you know, almost dying or whatever. And it, and it got me thinking like, you know, (laughs) what if I start, turning some of those old fantasies about like being on the edge of death into kind of more realistic uh, life experiences where like, I kind of know what dying feels like and I'm kind of weirdly on the edge of death a lot. And like, what if I blend that fantasy with my reality in a way that kind of helps me kind of get over it? No. Yeah. Cope with it and get over it. And I, and, and I did, and I started to, um, you know, write out some like fantasies about um, basically having my my heart stopped uh, by, you know, uh, by somebody. And and I I emailed like a whole bunch of uh, cam girls 
and, and was like, hey, would you film this thing where you're pretending to kill me? And a lot of them were just like, no, like, that's really weird. Yeah. And, then I found, and I found one that was just like, yeah, that sounds fucking really crazy and interesting. Like, that's like, I'll totally do this for you. So uh, so she did. And uh, I guess like the next couple of months, I really just spent kind of just getting more and more of these like custom videos made that were these fantasies being acted out about me being murdered. And that sort of, um, I guess like got me, it, 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 it's weird because it, it not only like helped me refine and reconnect to my sexuality, it also like overall and like just general, like psyche <laughs> made me feel better. Like I, 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 I wasn't depressed anymore. Um, and, and so I, I kind of found the, the whole, I guess that whole balance of like sexuality and healing and using, you know, f- fantasies or fetishes or any, anything to do with like my sexuality and, and, and my healing process. I, I just was super fascinated with, and I, and I've kind of like devoted a lot of my life into like sharing that and, and, and putting that out there for other people to, um, you know, that have either gone through similar things or things that maybe aren't the same, but they could at least like relate to it. And, and, you know, that's kind of what my life's been like for the past few years, just doing work like that. And then I found you and what you were doing and you kind of had this whole thing about like, you know, um, people look at, uh, people with disabilities and, and they, and they kind of see you as like kind of this sexless, um, or like, they don't want to think about you as being like a sexual being. And we actually had a guest a long time ago on our show, Leandra Vane, who, um, she has, uh, a disability as well. And she yep. kind of said the same thing. Uh, and it, and, it, and like, I remember being like fascinated with that, but it didn't really, it didn't really click until I heard your show because your show is like just dedicated to that and that cause and that kind of being like, Hey, like we're fucking people and we like to fuck like you know and 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 i and and like and it's like yeah i mean as obvious as stupidly obvious as that sounds like you know what there's no one else out there fucking screaming it the way that you are and like i just found that to be like super admirable and like i don't know like i felt like this weird kind of kinship and like again like kind of getting back to me being like I felt like I don't know if I really am like the right fit for your show because I'm not really disabled but I do have these like health issues and I can kind of relate and you know I think, you know whatever I think in like some aspects you are disabled because and I don't mean that in a bad way I just mean that you well fuck you no I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean that you I mean you might like for instance you live here in the states so because of your heart attack do you have to get like special medications because of that now and like, oh yeah yeah i'm on like a slew of medications i get myself an injection by month uh bi-weekly and i have a like a, a fistful of pills i have to take every morning and every evening <laughs> yeah so is by saying like is by saying you're disabled do you get do you get like some more funding for that is that something that happens over there or no well no because i I don't, I mean, I work like I'm a, I I still work and I'm not, I think I don't really, I don't know that I technically qualify for disability because, because technically you can, you can still work and blah, blah. Cause in, yeah. yeah. Cause in, in Canada, basically if you qualify for like disability supports, a lot of your 
drug therapies are covered. So right, yeah, I know about the magical, wonderful uh, healthcare system of Canada. It's, I've, I've I thought mean, about, I've thought sounds, about defecting. <laughs> it, it sounds magical until you're in it, and then when you're in it, you're like, oh, it's free, but it's also not that magical. Oh, okay. All right. Well, maybe I need to hear that because I've been thinking of defecting. <laughs> I don't listen. Listen. Given who your given who your current uh, Cheeto in chief is, I don't <laughs> mind if you defect. I will. I have a pullout couch. Let's figure shit out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I'll, I'll keep it in mind. Because <laughs> uh, like fuck. <laughs> so tell me more about. I want to get more into the fantasy thing because I think that's really awesome and that's such an interesting like segue that I don't think I've ever had anybody talk to me about death fantasies on the show before. So, but tell me, (laughs) tell me more about like the heart attack experience and how that's kind of, kind of brought you into not necessarily disability, but made you look at sexuality differently. Sure. Well, I don't, Hmm. Well, that's a lot of questions. (laughs) Uh, Where do I even start with that? So, I guess the the whole thing with the the death fantasies, I actually consider myself to be like really fortunate in a lot of ways because I actually had these these like fantasies growing up, you know, and and like I had that shit kind of baked in already. And like it was sort of just having to reconnect to something that I had lost rather than like I think from, you know, just having the situation that had happened to me happen to me and then have to find some way to claw my way out of it. I think that I actually was sort of the uh, perfect person for that to happen to and like in a weird way, like, like, because that it, it was easier for me to just, I guess, reconnect to it. And I know, I know, you know, some people spend a really long time uh, in a really terrible headspace and not knowing what to do with it. And, and it's funny because, you know, I mean, I, I can say like, oh, this is what I did to get over it. But what I did to get over it isn't necessarily something that's going to work for everybody either. Um, yeah. So it's just it's it's just interesting that that I kind of I kind of had that fantasy like baked in and then I just happened to uh, basically die <laughs> and then was able to kind of re uh, refigure that out. Yeah. So um, when like one of the things I'm curious about is when people have like an injury and I've talked to people who have had car accidents and then become disabled that way. Did you kind of experience in terms of not necessarily your sex life, but just kind of coming back from having the heart attack? Did you experience this like the shift of like, who the fuck am I now? And what do I like wh- kind of coming into to not necessarily disability, but coming into like the illness you had and, and, Owning oh, that yeah, or oh, yeah. oh yeah that took some that took some time i mean i i was um like i had the i had the conversation with my with my girlfriend that who was my girlfriend at the time uh that was basically like you know you you don't have to stay with me like i'm i'm a fucking waste of you know your your time and like you you know you're 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 you you have to like take care of like you're not not like necessarily take care of me but like like up until that point like i had been working uh, and supporting her through school and then it was like oh well you have to get a job now because like i need to take like a bunch of months off to recover and you know it just like i was like this is kind of putting a you know hardship on your life and like is that worth it and you know 
we had to kind of have that conversation uh, a couple of times. And yeah, I mean, you were trying to find an out. I, I can't tell you how many times I have being, even though I was born with a disability and this has been my experience since day one, how many times I have said to a partner, like, look, if I, if you, if I, if you want to give me, if you want me to give you an out, just let me know. And like, I will open the door and you can walk on through. Like it's, it's fine. Cause you, you, I think you learn when you're a disabled and sick person that, not that you learn, but you're taught by society that the being alone and doing it by yourself and doing it, um, doing everything independently is how we're supposed to do it. So having someone else there, you don't want to be a burden to them. So I, I can relate in the sense that like I have opened the door to, to let people walk out many times, hoping they wouldn't, but being like, all right, well, the door's open now, so go ahead if you want to. I think that's the thing is like, I, I think that's what it comes down to is like you're, you you don't want people to not be there, but you also don't want them to stay out of some sense of like guilt. Or that's like, like weird, fucked up, like ableist obligation. So, yeah. Yeah. You just, you just like, you're, you're like, like, I'd rather, I'd rather be on my own and, and not have the help if it meant I wasn't being resented for it, I think is what it, I think what it kind of came down to. Um, or if it would like, if it would lead to resentment down the road, you know, even if it didn't at that moment, which is hard to say, because, you know, how do you know people change and, you know, it's, it's not, I don't, I don't know. It's so weird. Cause you can see it from both sides, like, you know, and it's so easy to say like, oh, I would never do that. I would never leave or I would never this, but like, I don't know, being on the might, other side you, of that, you, you might, might, yeah, you, you, <laughs> might, you totally like and I think that's why it's troubling when, like, because I've had friends and colleagues where their partner left and it sucked, and I, I agree that it sucked. But and, but I would sit there and think to myself, like, I'm a disabled person, so obviously, like, I've been left a lot. But if I but if I was not disabled and my partner something happened, what would I do? I can't say that I would know what I would do. Um, it's just it's such a tough thing because we don't we think that morally we would stay because that's the right thing to say. And that's the thing that we are all taught to say, but in the moment, nobody knows. And so I think people dealing with chronic illness and disability, that's why, that's why you open the door for somebody and you say, go out, go leave before you leave. Let me decide for you so that I don't have to be hurt when you decide for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I know that's, that's right. And that's, you know what? I mean, like that's probably something that like, you know, fuck that. Like, we probably shouldn't feel that way. I mean, we definitely shouldn't feel that way. But like, no, we shouldn't. You know, ha- but how do you, how do you how do you fucking you know how do you get over there? Of course, we all have fucking layers of protection. We want to fucking protect ourselves. And you know, it's just it's it's kind of unfortunate that you know it, it adds that wrinkle to it because I mean, if you think about it, like any relationship, even if you take disability out of it, if the relationship isn't working you shouldn't be in that relationship. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's, it definitely adds a wrinkle to it that, 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 <laughs> that's, I, I feel like guilt gets thrown into it a lot. Like you, cause you feel guilty that you're being a burden, but you also don't want someone else to feel guilty for having to, to do. And, I mean, and it's, why, yeah. And I mean, yeah. that's why you didn't, that's why you didn't fuck for two years. Cause you were like, well, what if, you know, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm imagining that you probably thought, like, what if I die on top of my partner? Or what if I, like, I imagine yeah. that there was a part of you that was like, I don't want to scare my partner if I have arrhythmia during our thing. Like, so 
like and the guilt you had just trying to 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 navigate like okay let's let me back up a little bit because i'm putting words in your mouth that aren't there yet so (laughs) so (laughs) tell me tell me like how this whole event impacted your sex life other than that you didn't have sex for a couple years like what what else kind of happened to you that well i mean i mean you you did kind of say it i mean that was that's a big part of it and i think what's interesting too is it sort of ties back to um, when I was saying earlier um, about how when I kind of had started coming up with all these fantasies, um, I actually didn't go to my partner uh, to to fulfill them with me. I, I went and found like people on the Internet to make like videos because um, that's like this sort of like ties to both not what you just asked, but also the last question in that whole like guilt thing, because like my partner was putting so much effort into being positive for me and being like, you're going to get through this. You're going to, you know, blah, blah, like all this, like, you know, positive reinforcement, this and that and the other thing. And like, so when I was like thinking like, well, I want to fucking, you know, have these fantasies about someone killing me. I felt, yeah. Like I couldn't have, like, I felt like, Oh, I can't put this on you because you're already doing so much to stay positive, And this feels like such a negative thing. Can we so, just break down sex positivity for one minute and how much I <laughs> fucking, how much I cannot stand it anymore. <laughs> I really wish as a disabled person that we would stop talking about sexual positivity and start talking about sexual realism for like five seconds. Cause sometimes I hate sex and disability. Sometimes I hate my body. Sometimes, but I still want to get off. Sometimes I hate being positive about my sexuality, and I want to hate it, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I get where you go with that. Yeah. Um, no, I mean it's like it's true, and I think you know, man. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I never really thought about it in that broad of a, of a sense, but that's it. Really is true. Like, yeah, I fucking despise like my body like I, I i hate my heart like i'm like why the fuck do i why are you in me like i just want yeah, you know like, i wish why <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and yeah i mean you do like you 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 know you have the needs the sexual needs you have the sexual desires but then you also have the realistic like i don't feel up to this or that my body can even handle this right now and that that kind of is this really strange uh, it's a really strange feeling that, that that those two things combating each other, and it, it's it's definitely like it's confusing and it's depressing, and it, it it's it's also the type of thing that like I feel like a lot of people don't really get it unless they're in it, and 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 I feel like people can they can intellectually like be like oh I can wrap my head around that, but they don't like having those conflicting feelings, like actually like battling inside you is such a fucked up feeling that like, I feel like you almost like, I don't think I could have understood these feelings prior to me being in it. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, maybe that's me. Maybe I'm just like an emotionally damaged person who couldn't fucking relate to something like that. (laughs) A little bit emotionally damaged all the time, every day. So, right. (laughs) No, I I agree with you. Like I think I think when you and especially like I talked a couple of weeks ago on the podcast about how like at the time of the recording it hasn't come out yet, but I talked the other day about how I was I was sick. I got 
I got sick. And so on top of being disabled, I also got sick. And I went through that same feeling of like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen now? Like, I can handle disability. I can handle all those things. But can I handle being sick on top of that? And I'm, it sounds like you kind of went through the same thing. Like, I can handle my heart being shit, but can I handle, like, all the things that come with that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no. And I kind of understand that even too, like on, I mean, t- even taking it out of like the, the realm of sexuality, like I'll, I'll get, I'll get sick sometimes and I'll just be like, fuck, like I, like I feel bad enough, like on a day to day basis. Like I, I, like my circulation is shit. Like I, I, uh, I go numb very easily and I, it feels like my blood is like motor oil like that's the only way i can put it like my heart just like it feels like it's pumping like this thick liquid like that just doesn't like it doesn't uh, i don't know how else to describe it it just like it's almost like it's not and it's not it's not that it's just that like my heart is working harder than it should to like do a normal thing and like or like um like my body can't regulate its temperature very well uh because of all of it too so like if i'm out in the cold for too long i'll literally turn purple or if i'm out in the heat for too long i'll pass out and like you know it's like it's a really you know i have to remember that like to drink x amount of water a day or i'll or i'll pass out on my face like you know i got up to pee in the middle of the night once and i and i i fell i i blacked out and smashed my face on the toilet like oh no just yeah just because like i i just because i got up and i and i i hadn't been hydrated enough and like you know you know, I hear people like, oh, like I'm so dehydrated today. And I'm like, well, fuck you. Like, you're, you know, you're not like <laughs> falling on your face because of it. Like, you know, like, uh, and, and I, I, I guess I shouldn't feel feel that way. But <laughs> but, you know, I I allow myself those those bitter moments every once in a while to make myself feel better. <laughs> you're, allowed to be, you're allowed to be a little bitter. It's all right. It's OK. Yeah. But yeah, like on top of that. So then say I even just get something stupid like a fucking cold. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Now I got to fucking deal with this shit too. Like, and it's like, you know, and then you feel like an asshole for being like, why am I complaining about a fucking cold? Like, grow up. (laughs) And so then like, then one of the things I talk about in in the late, the next coming episode of my, of the show is like how, like I genuinely thought about like, when am I going to fuck again? Right. Like, how is all of this now going to impact my chance to get laid? And so can you kind of tell me how, how like immediately following your, like tell me about the first time after the heart attack, when you finally decided to have sex again, tell me about the first time that that was happening for you and kind of the thoughts going through your head and like, Oh boy. (laughs) Well, I've been, I've been, I've been a little distant from that for a while, but uh, as I recall, it was, it was very, it was very, uh, uh, boring. <laughs> uh, I, I, and I, I, it was, it was very, just very mellow and tame and, and like it was, it was, it happened and it was, and it was happening and like, it was cool that it was happening, but at the same time, it was also, I had spent so much, like I was so in my head about like, don't go too fast. Don't this like, like, like actually pay attention to your heart rate uh, and pay attention. Like, are you sweating? Are you this? Like I was thinking about so many other things that I was just kind of like, this is nerve wracking and like, not really that 
good <laughs> or yeah, satisfying. Right. Yeah, and sometimes that's and to to just bring it back to dis- the disability experience. Um, that's sometimes how I feel about disability is that you have to like I should be doing this and I have to do this and the next move we're gonna do is this and if I'm gonna if I'm gonna fillet this guy then I have to go in this position and so your 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 brain is going in like ten thousand different different things when all you should be focusing on is what you're what you're is the enjoyment you should be having and like because of disability and much like with what you went through you can't necessarily just enjoy it yeah i kind of am i kind of got to a place in my life where i think i'm like I don't fucking care what happens. Like, I'm just going to fucking like if if I fucking if my pacemaker, if my uh, defibrillator goes off, then it goes off. If I fucking have a heart attack, they're going to have to call an ambulance. Like, but like, I'm, <laughs> you know, like I'm almost to the point where I'm like, I, I almost don't give a shit. Like, I'm just like, if if I don't fuck the way that I want to fuck, uh, like, what's the fucking point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that's kind of it took me a while to get there, but I think that's kind of where I'm where I'm at. Uh, and, and, and I, and I say that, and even in saying that, you know, like that's not true to an extent, like if I'll, I'll get tired or like winded and I'll be like, Hey, like, you know, uh, I got to stop for a bit and we'll, we'll pick this up again later or whatever, you know, like, like, so I, I won't, I won't be irresponsible, but I also won't get too in my head about it. And I think that's where. That's where the where I think I I got to more so than just saying I shouldn't say I don't give a shit anymore. It's more that that like mentally I'm not as worried about it. Um, yeah, you had to just let yourself relax to yeah. to have the thing you wanted. Um, I'm curious. I know with my disability, I use humor a lot to when I'm having sex to like <laughs> put my partner at ease. So I'll say things like. Hey, uh, so you're gonna fuck the gimp now, or just you know ridiculous things like that, <laughs> make them make them comfortable and show them like yeah. this is my deal. Did you yeah. have you ever? I'm wondering have you ever had an experience since the event? I say the event like it's this big thing since the heart since the heart attack. Did you have you used humor to like make a partner laugh or make them more at ease with what's happening? Oh yeah, oh yeah, all all the time. Like I I'll, I'll say. You know, I'll say things about about like, you know, fuck me till my heart stops or like shit like that. I mean, like, you know, like, like, <laughs> I've definitely thrown shit out there like that before. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's <laughs> so it's, funny. It's so, it, it is. And it's and what's funny is that's actually something that I've heard you say on your show that I always thought was funny because like I'm like. I get it. Like, you know, and like, I, and that's another one that we're like, I could see some uptight person, like hearing you like, like be like, Oh, like come fuck the gimp or like, or like say something about yourself. That's like, you know, like funny, subversive and f- funny, but like self deprecating and like, you know, and, and like being like, Oh, like why would he like, don't say that about yourself. And it's like, fuck you. Like, no, like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of opening myself up to be like, Hey, like, I, it's better that we like play with this and have it be a fun thing than it be like something that's awkward. And that's yeah. exactly, that's exactly how I feel about it. I mean, especially, I mean, you said you listen to like the shit I talk about, like I talk about some weird fucking shit and like, you talk I, about some I, weird shit, but and, like, entertaining and, as fuck. 
<laughs> Thanks. But that's like why I like say like, oh, like I like identify as a weirdo, you know, like and like like a lot of people are like, oh, like, you know, don't say weird. It just like it makes like, you know, it makes it it, it helps to like denormalize, you know, and instead of normalizing it, it like blah, blah, blah. And I, I disagree. I feel like, you know there are standards there for a reason and we're playing with those standards and, and like, it's, it's just the same way that, um, you know, people play with like the, you know, if the patriarchy wasn't in place, like, like some of the things in BDSM wouldn't be as fun because you play with those, you know, those rules and whatever. And, and like you fuck with them and you turn them on their head or you play into them. And, you know, like there's all sorts of, and it's kind of the same thing with, you know, being like, Hey, like I'm fucking weird. Like, you know, like, I'm not just a guy that goes home to like a fucking, you know, white picket fence house and like has, you know, regular sex and, and, you know, eats a regular meal and, you know, watches my sitcoms and goes to bed. Like I'm a fucking weird person. I fucking jerk off looking at fucking, you know, uh, uh, porn of people being like dismembered and like, you know, and I think about myself being taken apart by aliens and like, I don't know, like I fucking, I'm a weird person and I, and I'm kind of like weirdly, like, I guess I'm like proud of that, you know, like, and I mean, uh, it sounds like the, the, the heart attack kind of, kind of helped you kind of helped you into your own on that and kind of helped make that, make the weirdness. Okay. Because if you want, if you're not weird now, you could be dead tomorrow. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like, i i i would agree with that statement <laughs> i mean it's you, funny because i was into the i was into a lot of this stuff like i said i was into a lot of it beforehand but i think it wasn't as it's weird because it it became not just sexual it became like uh not to sound like a weird hippie but like it became kind of like spiritual in a way you know and where it you know i i it was definitely healing and and there's definitely like like i feel more connected to kink in terms of you know than i ever think i could to any kind of like religion or any kind of uh you know thing like that and and even down to like even like broader sexuality like i mean like I, I was talking to uh, someone on my show recently and they were talking about how like they're attracted to like, like kink things more so than they're attracted to like men or women or whatever. Like, and, and, and it was weird because I kind of got to thinking about that. Cause I mean, I identify I'm like straight and, and, but like I could watch scenes or participate. Like I have play partners that are men, but like, we don't do sexual things. We'll do kink things. And like, that does it for me. Like I'm, I'm still into that. And, and it's like, I, I, I just, I, I look at kink as this weirdly elevated, like, I guess like, you know, way of being, you know, in a, in a strange way. And so, I mean, it sounds like what you're saying is your illness, your event, your heart attack, whatever, your disability, whatever we're going to call it, helped you to, to kind of like open up to all of that and help you to become, I think it helped, helped me to spiritualize it and make it yeah. more philosophically fulfilling. Yeah. To yeah. Like, to become a philosophical fucker, I guess maybe that's what it is. <laughs> like, and that, yeah. that's interesting because the same with me and disability, my disability, like my disability has allowed me to, you know, to be really open sexually to a lot of different stuff because my disability it changes the way we look at sexuality and changes the way we look at our bodies and my body and the way to receive pleasure. I was actually two hours ago with somebody messing around and we didn't, we, I never finished and he didn't finish and it was fine. And I texted him after being like, you know what? That was super nice. Cause 
we didn't even do anything. We just hung out naked together. And part of the reason why that bump was so nice was because my disability sometimes doesn't allow for that to to just have those moments with people. And so right. this this guy wanted to just mess to just hold each other for like twenty minutes. And I was like, that's that got me off more emotionally than actually getting off with somebody. And so I think my disability had a lot to do with that. Yeah, yeah. No, I could see that. And that's cool. I mean, like, that's that's like I mean, that comes up. I mean, I could sort of even equate that to, you know, I was at a dungeon the other night and I did a and I did something where I was telling you before, like I did this whole scene where I got I was getting hurt. I was getting tortured, basically. And like at the end of that, at the (laughs) at the end of that, I didn't have sex. I didn't come. I didn't you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like a thing where I got off, but like just the, you know, the act of doing that was so cathartic and like, you know, put me in such a fucking awesome, like weird submissive headspace, which is like, you know, uh, a a fun place for me to be. And I find that to be fulfilling. And like, it's not like, that's the whole thing is that sex isn't always about getting off. Like, I mean, it's great to get off and it's fun to get off, but like, you know, you can do things in there that aren't about the getting off. and, And it's really about like the act of doing something or the act of sharing this moment with somebody that's really fucking cool. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think like disability and illness helped both of us. It sounds like get to a place where emotionally getting off is way more satisfying than like getting off, getting off. I think I would agree with that. Cause I don't know if before um, my heart attack, I don't know if I was that open to, to the, to, to the concept of that. To be honest, I, I, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's, it's well, been... because also us as cis as cisgendered men have been taught that whether we're queer or not queer or whatever our orientation is, we we're taught across all those spectrums as men, and not not just cisgendered men. Men generally have been taught that in order for sex to be good, you have to come. Right. Yeah. You have to have a hard dick and you have to come. And like, and and then, and then often you have to use, you have to use your hard dick to get off your, your partner. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so many, you know, and it's like, it's all bullshit. Like, you know, like, I mean, like, I mean, you know, that shit's fucking cool and it's fun and like, you know, whatever. And yeah, like, you know, you could fuck someone in that way and, and be like super connected or whatever. But like, there's so many other ways to like feel connected in a sexual way, in a kink way, in a, in a, uh, I hate the word spiritual, but <laughs> <laughs> go on. Go on. I just said like a fucking spiritual way, but yeah, like whatever, you know, like, and, and like that involves, you know, things that are hot or sexy or whatever, this, that. And like, it's, it's just, it's fucking awesome. Cause you know, you don't, and, and yeah, like I said, I mean, I, 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 I don't, I'd like to think that I probably would have gotten to that place. Like, you know, maybe I think I just would have like to the place that I'm at, uh, in that, in those terms, I think that I just, uh, like the road, the road that I took to get here was through, uh, sickness. Through <laughs> yeah. Through death. <laughs> through, yeah. I, through literally, like through literally almost dying. Yeah. To, and so did that, I'm curious, did that change your perspective on, like illness and, and disability and disabled people and that experience like 
did that have any effect on you at that time or, or did you not reach a place where you could think of it yet? Um, I don't know. Like I've always been pretty like, I've always been pretty, I guess like, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. Um, I don't, I don't know if accepting is the right word. I've, I've been pretty like open to like knowing all kinds of people, I think is really um, what I'm trying to say. And I don't mean that in like a late, in like a very lazy way in like a, in like being like, Oh, I like everybody because I, I think that there's definitely like thought and, and, and like meditation and like introspection that like went into me getting there. Like I've had a, like, I mean, beyond like even like all this stuff, like I've had a really weird fucking life that, you know, like, I mean, I could, I could, we could talk for two days and, and, and I could tell you about it. Like, I, but you know, like, I mean, you know, I've been, I've been homeless and I've, I've, I've lived with like, you know, uh, families of, of like other, you know, uh, racial backgrounds. And like, like, I, like, there's just like, I've had like a life where like, I've kind of dipped my toe into so many like different areas, I guess that like, I've always been like, had like a diverse group of people like surrounding me that I, I never really was blind to things. Uh, I think that, I think that there's a, a privilege in saying that because like, even though I'm like, Oh, I was around this or it was like, you know, I grew up with this or whatever. Um, there's still an element of, of privilege in that because, because I grew up in it. Like, you know, like I almost had like this weird, like counterside to like what the normal, I guess, like, you know, person who grows up and, and with their family and, and, and whatever has. And so I don't know. Like, I think, I think I, I never like thought about it or put thoughts into things like that. And then I think now that I'm actually exploring and talking to more people that are in like, uh, like I know you're going to hate me for saying this, but like the sex positive, like, you know, realm of, 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 uh, uh, you know, people that I talk to, I think it's, it's helped me understand, I think more than anything. Um, because, you know, I, I, I think I took for granted maybe some people's like maybe journeys where I don't, I try to not do that anymore because I'm like, Oh yeah, I had a fucking weird journey. And so, you know, I don't want to minimize your journey by being like, oh, I don't care that you're this or that you're that or whatever, you know. And my journey almost ended at 30. So I better fucking like if I were in, yeah. your, if I were in your shoes, my first thought would be like, and I've I've been in situations where I've almost died too, thanks disability. So I, <laughs> so I, I understand like the, the like feeling of, of like. I almost was dead, so I better enjoy this for what it is because who knows what's going to happen the next day. Um, yeah. And I, I would, it's, I would, I wonder if now that you have, now that you're just really, now that you're like a vent and a heart, or heart attack or thing, I'm, I'm still not sure what to call it. Um, <laughs> you keep calling it an event. It sounds fun. <laughs> right? Now that, the, now that the event uh, happened and you've gotten in more into kink, like, has that made your sex life better? Oh, yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, the big thing is that I guess from from using uh, uh, the method that I did to kind of get over the depression and, and get th- past the fear of, of always kind of being on that edge of death for those couple of years, 
that sort of opened up uh, the relationship that I was in at the time into getting into the actual uh, kink community and in turn learning more about myself and, you know, uh, and, and, and kind of setting me on the path of, of the work that I'm doing now and, and uh, just everything involved in that. And, and it's, it's funny, but like, like if I hadn't, had the event <laughs> i don't know that i would be where i am today and like i like where i am today uh as a as a you know as hard as it is like i like that i am like i i like that i am the person that i am and that i'm into the things that i'm into and that i help the people that i help uh you know and, yeah. and i don't i don't know if that would have been possible without you know almost dying a few times <laughs> And it's kind of like weirdly seems like a small price to pay for like, you know, like what I get out of it now. You're like the awesome community that you've now built for yourself because you had a heart attack at 30. Like it's just, it's so, I remember when you, when you pitched that idea to me, I remember like reading it and going, what happened to you? Like I was so like wanting to know immediately because again, we don't hear of people so young having having events like that unless there's something wrong with their you know heart to begin with but you don't hear of like oh my 28 year old friend had a heart attack like that just right. doesn't ever ever happen so i think it's really i think it's really interesting that that your disability brought you community in a complete like because typically when people say that like oh your disability brought you all these friends in this community they say it in this really weird patronizing sort of way but i yeah. mean like your your event brought you like kink and brought you sexuality and brought you all these things in a completely different vein that i think we might consider yeah i i would agree with that and 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 i think especially because it's funny and and i this hadn't really occurred to me until you started saying that but um uh when when it had first happened I remember trying to find somebody that was my age or around my age that had gone through the same thing as me. And I couldn't like everyone else was like much, much older than me. And like, I'm not like, Oh, like, fuck, I don't want to talk to an old person or anything. Like I'm, I'll talk to anyone, any age. It doesn't matter. But I wanted the perspective of someone, you know, I, I like, I did have the, like kind of these kind of peers that were, that were, you know, these old, older people that, that I met in hospitals and in rehabs and, you know, whatnot. And I, but I, I wanted to talk to someone who went through the same thing as I did and had the same experience. And there was nobody there. There was no community as far as like, um, you know, not, not sex, not like cutting out the sex of just as, as like a heart attack survivor. Like there was no community for me to go to or feel at home in or have any kind of, um, peer or, or, or any kind of support that I felt was um, good or useful or relevant to me. And, and so it really wasn't until years and years later when, when the kind of sexual thing fell into place that I, I did feel like, Oh, like I do have this thing and it may not be because it may not be about the heart thing, but that sort of is so tied closely to my kink that like finding the kink community kind of gave me what I didn't get um, in that way. Totally. And it sounds like, for sure that the community has really like embraced like, I, like even just talking about this, I now want to like 
I could spend another hour with you just being like, tell me these stories. Because I think it's so rare that we hear of like, I think it's rare that we hear somebody who's gone through this say like, yeah, I'm happy for this happening. So (laughs) I'm happy for this happening because I can now fuck the way that I want to. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird. Like, I mean, like it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, do I wish that like, do I wish that my body was in better shape, like and healthier and not, you know, uh, yeah, of course I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not happy for the side effects and for the, um, what I have to live with, but, but for the, I guess for the life lesson, or if you want to call it that, like, you know, like that's what I'm, that's what I'm happy for that it, that it kind of made me, it, it opened me up to, to different, you know, it opened me up to everything that I'm doing now. And like, it opened you know, me up so that other people can eventually open you up. Right. Yes. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dick wound. It was, it was so fun talking to you. I could seriously talk to you for another bloody hour. Cause it was so fun. Um, and I like that we went off on like 75 tangents. <laughs> I'm not really sure how I'm going to market this one, but I will figure it out. But why don't you tell the audience how they can get a hold of you and how they can get your stuff and how they can hear more about you? Okay. Uh, well, I uh, am reachable at, uh, I get, oh, I'm trying to think where the best place to reach me is. Uh, I'm on FetLife. Uh, my name on there is Dick underscore wound. Uh, and if you're not on FetLife, uh, you could just email me at dickwound at gmail.com and if you want to hear my podcast it's called off the cuffs a kink and bdsm podcast it's on basically every uh you know podcast player there is and spotify now hooray i just got it uh, accepted today Yay! (laughs) yeah uh although this is not coming out today so uh pretend that i said this a few weeks ago people (laughs) and you all do want to hear this podcast this podcast is it's funny it's dark it's weird and it's one that i'm glad that i also stumbled on so pause this one right now and go download all of that one because it's really it's worth your it's an earworm you'll be glad you're listening to (laughs) thanks (laughs) um Dick Wound, it, I will have you back for something because I'm sure we have more we can talk about at some point. Uh, it was such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so there's my interview with Dick Wound from Off the Cuffs podcast. What I loved the most about this interview was hearing how Dick's experience with the heart attack opened up his avenue to kink and how it how it became... A special thing for him, uh, the death fantasies of him being dismembered and being all that's the dark, dark death fantasies were really my favorite. Um, hearing him say, fuck me to my heart stops is also literally the funniest thing I've ever heard. Um, it's really eye opening for me to see that kink now for him sounds like it's a healing thing. And I never really considered it that way. And I never really considered it so directly tied to disability impairing and chronic illness until I really talked with Dick. We've had people talking about BDSM on the show before, but this really brought it home for me. And this really made me think of it totally differently. And I love Dick Wound so much and I love his work and I love Off the Cuffs and I think this just made me this just garnered an even wider respect for kink 
and the connection that Kink has to cripples and disability and, and impairment and all that stuff. It's just, it was a great interview. Can't say enough about it. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. All right, so that's another episode of Disability After Dark, and I want to thank you so much for shining a bright light on sex and disability with me. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com. If you love the show and you're listening to us in iTunes, please, please, please rate and review us so more people can find the show. You can also follow Disability After Dark on all the socials. On Twitter, we're at DisAftDark. That's D-I-S-A-F-T-D-A-R-K-P-O-D on Twitter. Or, of course, you can follow me directly at Andrew Gerza or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DisabilityAfterDark. If you want to support the program, you can do so via Patreon. As little as $1 a month helps me keep this show going, and I can't thank you enough for all your support. You can pledge at Patreon.com slash DisabilityAfterDark. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations, with music by Chris Udiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright, Crippled Content Creations, 2018.